Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Sense and Rant. Yes, I am Mutarayo Adeola. On this podcast, we make sense of life or yes, simply rant about it. On today's episode, we are discussing taking up space in a gendered and colored world. I'll be joined by three amazing, black, beautiful, dope-ass women that I get to call friends. Today, I have Bumi, Choma, and Dee. A brief bio about them before we meet them. Bumi Adekunle's personal philosophy is that as individuals and families struggle to make ends meet, they should have one less thing to worry about. With this in mind, she runs a food shelf in Minneapolis. Bumi is passionate about reducing the impact of poverty. And in her words, sometimes it's about getting a leg up. Bumi is an HR leader at Cargill and a major, mm-hmm, a major in the United States Army Reserves. She's a diehard Star Trek fan. She enjoys reading novels and books about leadership development and biographies. Bumi is married to Neyi, and they have two beautiful children, Anu and Ayo. Choma Agu is both a nerd and a creative at art. She's a technical product manager by day at Adobe and an actor, planner, traveler, dreamer around the clock. Using a combination of these skills, she launched her travel design business, Cube Travel Designs. You guys should please check it out to help others plan their trips and create personalized itineraries. She's an avid reader, an amateur writer, and in her free time, you may spot her running around town in training for her next race rest. Yes, she's a marathon runner. She's also a Stanford graduate, one of my best friends, and she's my bragging rights to Ivy League schools. And our third guest today is no other than the beautiful D Olateru. She's a senior manager at Big Four Professional Services Firm, where she spent over a decade serving a wide variety of multinational financial services with clients with a focus on banking and capital market organizations. D is passionate about closing the achievement gap and, con- and creating opportunities for others through education. She's a member of the Board of Directors of College Possible, a nonprofit organization aimed at accomplishing just that. She serves as a mentor for female African entrepreneurs through AWEC. Dee also currently serves as a co-chair for the Diversity and Inclusion Network at her firm. In June 2020, yes, during the pandemic, Dee founded The Rich Immigrant, an online platforming community established to empower first and second generation immigrants to attain financial independence, lead full lives, and live authentically in the new countries they now call home, while also contributing to their own countries. She enjoys reading, traveling, travel blogging, eating way too much rice, and having conversations with friends. Ladies, welcome to Sense and Runs. I am glad to have you. D, D, say hi. Hello. I have Choma. Hi. And then I have Bumi. Hi. So thank you, ladies, for coming to talk with us. And um, I'm so glad you're here. So we're uh, jumping right into today's topic, and it's titled Taking Up Space in a Gendered and Colored World. So, ladies, what has been your experience taking up space? What does that mean to you? What is that like in your different fields? Please talk to us. Let's get started. Who wants to go first? Bumi, since you're here. (laughs) So I'm there just trying to break down the... The topic, taking Uh up space in a gendered world. Huh. I'm thinking that it's been interesting, I think. It's just, it's, I think for me, it's knowing who you are and what you want to do. And I think that that kind of pushes you through whatever 
obstacles that's been created. I don't know what you guys, what do you ladies think? No, I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying because when I think about taking up space, it's really about showing up as my full self and owning all the parts of my story, all the parts of my identity, uh, even the parts that maybe I might have been uncomfortable with, but kind of just owning all of that and being like, well, I'm here, this is my full self and kind of the rest of it we have to deal. So that's, that's what I think about. I think I agree with what you're saying. Andy? Yeah, and maybe if I'll just add to that, I think of taking up space as simply existing. I think that it's recognizing that I have a right to exist, to be here, to show up, to have an opinion, to pursue the things that I want to pursue in my life, to speak without apology, right? Whether it's taking up space physically in a meeting or, or physically when I travel or taking up space, um, you know, at a doctor's appointment and, and speak up for my body and how I feel or taking up space to, to have the courage to ask for what I want when I'm on a date, you know? Uh, so I think it's just um, having the courage to show up and to exist fully without playing small. Okay. I like this. No, yeah, I like that. that. <laughs> I, like, I, I really like that. I like <laughs> having the courage to show up. That yeah. is so true. Yeah. So you're simply saying, at least what I'm hearing is being unapologetic about who you are and what you have to offer. Yeah. But also yeah. just knowing what you have. Mm. Because I think that makes a difference. If you're not sure, if you if you don't know what you have, it's kind of hard to just show up. Or then it makes you a little bit more timid. So I think you have to know who you are and what you know what you possess. Okay. Okay. And I think in addition to knowing what you possess, is about knowing that that's also enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think that especially as black women from time to time, like there is this sense of kind of plain small. Where even though we know what we have to offer, we're still kind of we still have that um I don't know, it's kind of that thing where it's like a dock above water and you think they're gliding, but there's imposter syndrome. There's the fact that like we yeah. all look like we're struggling underwater and it's not still kind of having this feeling of like, is it enough? Like, is this what they're looking for? So it was just like being like, this is what I have and that's enough. Like I'm qualified enough to be here. Yeah. That's oh. enough. Yeah, so oh. true. Okay, I'm loving so this true. already. Yeah, you so guys are dropping gems. I think my yeah. next question here is, where's that defining moment for you when you realized you were the other? And what did I feel like? It doesn't have to be just work. Maybe just like the first time high school, college, the first time you got on a flight to international, an international country, just any experience you can remember. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> I think for me, I, think I, I think think yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, I came to United States to go to college, right? Mm -hmm. After living and being raised in Nigeria. So for me, my first realization of being an author was my coming to America story where I came from Lagos and I came to Minnesota and I was like, what? You know, <laughs> that was the first, that was the first, you know, like, wow, okay. There are many of us and I'm really, really <laughs> so many of us. minority here. So that was my first other moment. And I think the, then, and I think that, you know, I think you, you kind of, build resilience or so you kind of build a tough skin you expect it you know after you've been here for a while and then when I started traveling after grad school I didn't expect to be an other yet here I was <laughs> I had all this dream of you know trying to see the world but I didn't really realize that the world desperately needed to see people like me as well mm, so, so you know true. for me I was in Greece and Turkey by myself backpacking my parents were like where is this one going <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, so it was a it was, it was it was a shock to me again that you know people were asking to take pictures with me and all that stuff and I was celebrity. Like, what, is this? what is this now? I just want to backpack like everybody else. Um, yeah. And then after that traveling, I think coming back to corporate America and working for a large global firm, 
there I wasn't surprised, but still, you know, I was one of a few and 10 years down the line, I'm still one of a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think I completely relate to your story. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if I had to define my moment, it's just, it kind of aligns exactly what you said. Like, I also didn't feel other until moving to the US, except for me, I ended up moving actually to like a majorly black community and I went went back to high school, which is a whole story. But then like, even though everybody, a lot of people around me were black, like there was definitely a huge othering. Like I, I was one with the accent, the clothes that didn't fit in, just came in in the middle of the school year. It was just a strange experience all around, you know? And that was difficult. That was really rough. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm going off to college and it will be different because, you know, college is like everybody from everywhere. And yes, I ended up going to HBCU. But even still, even though, yes, it was an HBCU and there were, again, a lot of people like me and from mm-hmm. everywhere, I still, the core of the community was still people like Black people who grew up in America, which was not an yeah. experience I could really relate to. Uh, so there's definitely was kind of an othering in that experience where just a lot of things that everybody had these commonalities on. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And same, same with UD, like with traveling as well. Like that's also an experience I can completely relate to. Even in places where I didn't expect to be the other, like during my travels. And that was like a shock and very surprising. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think I just relate very much to like everything that you said. Yeah, I think my story definitely aligns with both. Just also coming from Nigeria and in similar to this case, coming to Minnesota. And um, and I think my moment was when I realized that I had to keep teaching people how to pronounce my name. Mm-hmm. I think that always got to me because I'm always like, should I just let them get away with it? Or should I correct it? Like, is it okay or not? So I think that was the defining moment for me. And then I was so, I was younger when I came, but I was also, so I had left Nigeria, I left Nigeria when I graduated high school, but not the typical age that you would graduate high school in the U.S. So I always felt like I was out of place in anywhere. You know, I went to college right away and I would never be able to get into anything like, oh, you know, you're 19 yet, you can do this. So I think I was always reminded that I was an other. So then even, you know, graduating college and going to um, just starting working, joining the military. I think you just now they just butcher your name and you're reminded every time, like you're different. You're not, you know, and and I think that's. I think, you know, every time, continuously, you're always reminded you're an other. But I think at this time, I've actually started to own the fact that I'm an other and I'm cool with it. Like, I'm never going to blend in. It is just what it is. You know, you mess up my name. I will be the one to correct you. We're not going to go back and forth on this. But um, but I think right now, I feel like it's cool to be another. I, I don't blend in. So that's that's great. So being an so, other so, so, is the new cool now? Is it is cool. It? Okay. I think it okay. is. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's certain levels of otherness that are cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But, but there is a point that I'm actually like glad that you brought up, which was kind of the otherness around being young and feeling young because again that's something that I relate to as well like I finished from high school at 15 mm-hmm. or secondary school I should say and yeah. so in every, in all the circles where I found myself I was super young when I went to grad school I was really young and I felt like I once even had an interviewer asking like oh if you only did like if you only worked for a year how did you get into this like prestigious school type 
question and I was shook. Like, I was in shock. Like that really much. I was kind of kind of like, well, are you trying to say like I didn't deserve to be here? Like I already kind of felt like I didn't deserve to be here. And then to hear that in an interview setting, like my self-esteem kind of like the rest of the interview was a blur, right? And even like finally getting to work and on my team, like I'm probably the youngest person on my team by at least like seven years to the next person to me. And it's kind of taken a while to be like, okay, like to find my voice in that situation to say, okay, well, what I have to say is valuable, even though well, all of you probably have a lot more experience than I do, and you probably know stuff more than I do, but I'm bringing a fresh perspective and a different perspective, perspective and it's valuable too. So I think there's definitely an otherness to that that I'm so glad that you that you mentioned. Yeah, and I, and I think it's just about owning it, right? Um, I mean, we, the other topic we talked about, we talked about the fact that knowing what you're worth and knowing you're enough. So, I mean, the fact that we are other is just what it is. And we just have to definitely own it and be able to show up when we need to. That is, oh my God. I feel like I'm learning so much from all three of you <laughs> together. Like I'm getting schooled right now, but I'm loving it. Um, so you guys all mentioned, you know, things that have to do with work. Um, how did you, how did you find your voice? You know, how did you find... How, what helped you find your voice, if that's even a good question to ask? Like, are there, did you read? Did you find a good mentor that looks like you within those organizations? Did you, what was that thing that helped you grow into yourself, into your role, into accepting this, your otherness? So for me, uh, the main thing was finding an area of that. I shouldn't say finding. As I worked, I, I developed an area of expertise, right? where naturally, so then every time there's a question on that area or anything else, like everybody on my team comes to me on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of confidence, mm -hmm. like, okay, wow, like I know this stuff more than anybody else, where even the people who kind of built it have like forgotten how it works. Like, and I'm the expert, like that's so valuable. Or just even looking at, I remember there was a time at work where we had kind of this categorization of like these different projects that we do. And I was like, wait, I actually do a lot. Like, I do all of these things and that's really valuable. Like, and so I started to be like, okay, well, look at all that I actually do. Cause for a while I discounted what I was doing, thinking it wasn't as valuable. But when I saw it actually written down, I was like, oh wow, okay, wait, I do a lot. Um, I think so it was like those two things of being like, these are the things that I do that is valuable for the rest of the, of the team. And this is the area of expertise that everybody else comes to me on were kind of the things that helped me to kind of find, find my voice and be like, okay, like I know what I'm doing here and I'm valuable here. Hmm. Wow, that's that's amazing. D. Yeah, so for me, I think, you know, finding my voice and myself, I think it's a continuous process. I mm -hmm. think I've come a long way, but I think I'm still becoming in a sense, right? So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, to, to Chioma's point, I think expertise in an area definitely helps. Once you hone your craft and you can speak to certain things, nobody can take that away from you. But I personally continue to find myself, I mean, to, to, to find my voice right and to strengthen my and strengthen my voice you know doing a, a couple of things i think one i think i continue to be grounded in my faith right that's an important thing to me and, and a, an important source of like my identity so that's important to me but i think beyond that i also have my tribe and the voices that i trust that remind me of who i am in moments where i doubt myself or doubt my abilities or doubt where I, whether i belong in a space so I think, you know, looking out for the voices that you trust, not every voice is a voice that you should trust. So having mm -hmm. that tribe and those mm -hmm. people, I think that comes in handy for me. Um, you know, I think I'm reminded, you know, through, you know, my career, I, I look back at my track record and say, you know, you did, you've done the damn thing globally, you know? <laughs> and so I can be like, I've worked for a global firm on four continents in the world. I've done excellent work. 
So yes, look back and say, okay, if I have done those things, even though, because sometimes I think how much of a voice I have changes on where I am, right? Mm. And so if I'm in a new space or in a different space, mm -hmm. the voice that I have that I've honed, sometimes it becomes smaller. So I want to be honest about that, right? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, you know, if I'm thrust into a new space, I rely more on, I rely less on history, especially if it's a new area where I don't have expertise, but I rely on, well, my history hasn't brought me here, but every experience has positioned me for where I sit today. And also, you know, my, my tribe, my community, my mentors, and yes, it helps to have, you know, mentors that look like me, but in my field, there are not many mentors that look like me. So I've also had many white men put me in position. Right. Um, but I do have black women, African women that I go to just be like, ah, I need a little bit of ginger today. What do I do to tell me? <laughs> so it's a combination of that. But social media is also great, honestly. I, I mean, I, people that I look to that I may never meet, but I mm. read their stories and I look at their words and, and sometimes it just spurs me on. And yes, as of yesterday, Kamala Harris is the vice president elect, a daughter of immigrants. And so can we acknowledge that this is also um, a source of That's motivation for yeah. immigrants, right? So those are, I don't know if that answer your question, but I go to a couple of different sources to, to continue to find my voice. And that's, that's a great answer, actually. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I think you raised an important point that where we find, sometimes we have our voice and then sometimes if we're in a new space, it's hard to get that voice. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And I think I'm reminded of um, for almost 10 years, I, I, I was out of the corporate um, area and I was running a nonprofit and I was just kind of trying to do my thing and start, you know, start, um, run that um, nonprofit. But then after a while, I got tired of that. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back to the corporate area. And I found myself in an area where I had to start learning and I found that it was very difficult to find my voice and that was not the norm for me. So I'm there trying to make sure that I totally understand everything that's going on and again, develop the expertise in this area, but then also be able to show up the way I want to show up. And I think that that took a while for me. So definitely when you find yourself in a new space, you have to figure out what to hold on to. My faith is definitely one. One thing that, that helped me was look, getting a mentor, there was a black woman, she was in a senior level position and I could just ease, you know, reach out to her and say, is it, you know, is it okay? Can you mentor me through this process? And she was willing and I was definitely grateful that she was willing to do that. But I, I think that that helped me understand the new space I was and, re, you know, get back my voice. So sometimes it takes a little bit while and sometimes in a different area, I'm in a military and in that area I do well, I'm able to flourish. I, I don't struggle with my voice or anything, but in a different area, I find that is it the same person? Is it, you know, like what's going on here? But I think time helps definitely your faith and even just the people you surround yourself with, I think makes a big difference. That's actually something that is I find very interesting. I feel like as 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 black women and possibly as immigrants, right? There are different parts of ourselves that show up in different places. You know, I I, I meet some people that you know, they're they're just they're Sarah here, they're Sarah there, and then they're just Sarah everywhere. And then you see people like me, I'm Ayo here, I'm Rayo there, I'm Motsun Rayo here. And I feel like, you know, those, the, the different parts of me that show up, you know, I feel like it's fractures and diff, just like different, different parts of me. And then when I'm in my house, everything comes together like, oh, this is Motsun Rayo. But how, where I go to at times, um, I show up differently. Do, do you guys agree or is that just, is that a thing for some of you or not? No, I think it's definitely a thing, which okay. I think is just kind of been spoken. <laughs> it's been addressed, right, by everybody else, which it's just that sometimes, yeah, we just show up in different spaces in different 
different place because we are different people depending on again who, who we're around mm -hmm. and all of these things like different people bring out different parts of us different circumstances bring out different parts of us like we are probably more confident and stronger in our voices in certain settings and then mm -hmm. there's some settings where we're maybe more timid and it doesn't mean that we won't get to a place of having a stronger voice it probably is just kind of in process or we'll eventually get there or you know so it, it's so i get that i completely understand what you're saying and i agree i, I find that too Okay, that's good to know that it's yeah. not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that um, that I've been able to think about continuously is how do I want to show up in this place? Mm -hmm. So even before I get somewhere or I work or something, I just ask myself, how do I want to show up? How do I want people to not necessarily perceive me because people have their own opinion, but how do, what is okay to me? And at the end of the day, will I be fine with how I what I show, you know, how did I, how did I show up at the meeting? Would I be okay with that? And I think just consciously thinking about that has helped me just kind of to monitor those things, you know, when I want to step back and remember, no, my intention is to lean in. So then I catch myself like, no, this is not what you want to do. So again, not even worrying about what people are thinking, but just more like, what do I want for myself and what is important to me? Yeah, and I, I I agree with the point that you just made there because I think, yes, you know, me with my friends versus me at work, different. But at the end of the day, I want the essence of who I am to be the same wherever I show up, yeah. you know? So yes, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be, drop all the formalities with my friends and all of that. And I can, you know, say things that I wouldn't say at work. But at core of it, if somebody describes who is D, either at work or at a nonprofit mm -hmm. I work with, or, you know, with my travels, at the core of it, I want them to describe me as the same person. I want to I want my values to show up the same regardless of where I sit or what what room I find myself in. And so those are some things I ask myself to be like, and I think I've been asking myself a lot of that more hmm. in 2020 since George <laughs> Floyd in America, especially at work. Yeah. Is that okay? I've I've never talked about things like race at work until you know, it's just a part of my life that we just I just block. We don't go there, you know. Um and I've just asked myself, is this how I want to continue to show up? It goes back to what we said in the beginning, right? Which is about showing up as your full self anywhere you find yeah. yourself. Like I, I think to your point, like when the whole NSAS thing was kind of like blowing up and on the day that it all finally came to a head, there was just as a person, I just as a Nigerian person, I could not deal anymore. And even though nobody else in my team, at least, I shouldn't say my organization, like cared again not like they should it probably didn't affect them so they weren't even aware right but it affected me and i was like you know what you guys i'm done for today i cannot this is where i am and like i cannot deal anymore like this is me showing up as my full self like we're going to talk about it and like i had a moment of just like talking about it. whether or not you relate to it or you're like, you actually don't care like, you're gonna like you're gonna get it <laughs> like this is so you're so, so like yeah actually i think 2020 has actually been one of those years of me just kind of showing up as my entire self as a black nigerian woman like in all the ways mm -hmm. wow thank you so much ladies for uh your time one last question before uh, I let you go. Yes, I'm letting you go. <laughs> um, what are some tips that you can share with us, me, listeners, you know, just on how you've built your confidence to get here to this place where you're whole and strong and beautiful and flourishing? Please share with the rest of us. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I want let I, I don't have the tips yet as other people think, but I just want to say though that like this is a process. I, I think when you said the word whole, like I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, up to me. I think I 
like to me, you three are the definition of like, you know, boss, living your best lives, like actually doing the damn thing that needs Thank to be you. done. <laughs> <laughs> so please, I'm just like, yeah. but on, on a serious note though, that's, that's how I see you guys. So yeah. No, I appreciate that. But I think again, it goes, since we are, we are being honest and very open, it's kind of right. like saying, that's not like it yeah. might look that way and i, I maybe i speak for myself that's not that i'm reading with self-doubt a lot of the <laughs> time <laughs> so it's not like i have this like confidence or hone it all the time that i'm carrying around mm. it's really not so i'm just i'm just putting that out there just as it <laughs> so to anyone who might be listening like it's not like a oh if i feel this way then there is yeah. something like no it's you can have this feelings or whatever and still like every everyone that you look up to honestly probably as they still have mm-hmm. their doubts sometimes too about themselves so that's okay if you have all of those but that still doesn't mean that you still can't show up and be a loud voice a loud and a strong voice so that's just kind of the point that i'm, I'm making okay i agree it, it's definitely a process but i really like what Shoma said in the beginning is knowing that you're enough knowing that you're enough i think that, that makes a difference even as you try to figure things out yourself knowing that it's enough. Yes, I might aspire to be more, but right here where I am is still enough for me to start. So I think just always, always knowing that and, and figuring out exactly what you want. I, you know, sometimes I think we're we're not even sure what we want and we're just going here and there. But I think if if I know what I want and I'm willing to work hard towards that, I think it makes it a little bit easier because I'm determined and I'm like, you know what? This is what I want for myself, and I'm going to try to work harder for it. Um, if it's you know getting ex- you know reading more about this or seeking a mentor in that area or whatever else I need to do, if it's something that I you know I figured out by myself and just kind of knowing that this is what I want to do, I think that that helps. But I just I really love what you said. What you say is like knowing you're enough. I think that's that has definitely resonated with me. Well, Chema, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe if I'll just chime in for for the last bit here. I think for me, you know, I said it right. The first thing is becoming. I've not arrived. I don't know if I'll ever arrive, right? right? (laughs) But I think it's at least making a conscious choice to realize that you've got to be intentional about taking up space. So I think Mm -hmm. if you're looking, first of all, have you taken up space in the past? If If you already have and there's nothing to do, keep showing up as you. But if you realize that you haven't, Think about the spaces where you have not taken up space and, and, and maybe ask yourself, why haven't you done that? Right. Is it because you don't think you belong in that room? Is it because you don't think you have the skills? So I think I think stepping back and maybe just being intentional and making a mm-hmm. choice to show up and then defining what showing up means to you mm-hmm. in different, in different, in different, you know, spaces, different situations. And then say, okay, you know, when next I'm in a meeting, I'm going to speak up. When next I'm in a meeting, I'm going to ask a question or I'm going to say, I'm speaking, right? <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it's that, you know, I'm going to read books and podcasts around this topic because I struggle mm-hmm. with it. Or maybe I'm going to look at who I follow on social media and be mm-hmm. sure that I'm, I'm, I follow women or people that I'm inspired by in this space or that sphere or something of the sort. Or maybe I'll tell my friends to remind me of these things, you know, once a month or I'll check in with someone once a month. So I think it's first just being intentional to say I'm going to take up space going forward. And when I, when, when I say that, you know, when I'm doing it at work, this is what it means. And I'll check in with myself to make sure yeah. I continue to do that. Wow. I love one that. Other tip that I would, one other tip that I would say is ask for what you want. I mean, be afraid if you, if you're afraid, but ask anyway, the worst is going to be a no. Nobody is going to hold it against you for having <laughs> asked. Honestly, they will probably not remember. <laughs> so just ask. It could give you such great outcomes in 
it, it, rather than like if you just didn't ask and then you just never know. So really just take the step and ask. Nobody yeah. close mouths don't get fed. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. And something somebody, someone told me a long time ago is no is also an answer. Oh, I think they're frozen. Uh, are you guys back? Okay. You, you were frozen. Uh, <laughs> no is also an answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Is that like yeah. in give yeah and like telling somebody, yeah? What did you say? I was saying like is that like in context of like you giving somebody an answer of no? No, it's just like you know when you said ask, right? And it is it is okay if nobody actually, you know, says yes, but us ask anyways. Mm-hmm. And something we also have to be open to is the idea of like, you know, sometimes your answer is no and that's okay too. Yeah, you know. Um, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But again, so. at least now you know, and you can move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Versus if you just like sat there wondering about it. Next time, right? Exactly. If the first answer was no, you know how to change your pitch next time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, talking about changing your pitch next time. I hope you guys come back again whenever I invite you. Thank you so so much for coming on this episode of Sense and Rant. I enjoyed having you guys. I hope you guys had fun. Um. Thank you. I think that's and that ends today's episode of Sense and Right. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But you get the gist, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Auntie. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, ladies, for joining me on today's episode of Sense and Rant. I hope you guys had fun. Special shout out to Eric at Quincy Street Studio for helping me record this session. And uh, to you, listeners, to you, viewers, thank you so so much. Appreciate you being here. Until next time, just remember, whatever it is you want to do, whoever it is you want to become, all you have to do is start. I'll see you next time. Bye.